The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you. It is June 20th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us on this last day of spring. And boy, do I have some exciting news. Oh, gosh. On the last day of spring, exciting news. day of spring. So tomorrow, tomorrow, (laughs) I'm talking about tomorrow. Okay. We will be on the air. At 7.57 a.m. when summer officially starts. Oh! How we can open the windows up, we can open the doors up, and we can feel summer just just move move right right in. in. How about that? 7.59 a.m. tomorrow. 7.57 a.m. 7.57 a.m. tomorrow. Summer officially arrives. I'm ready for it. I, 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 I'm. You know what? I bet you we hear the doorbell ring. Oh, really? Yeah. Knock, knock. Just knock, knock. Hi. Hello. Summer. Summer I'm is here. here. Okay, come on in. <laughs> We've been waiting for you. Where you been? Where you been? Looking outside. It is going to be a slow start to the summer season, as far as as well. Spring is going out like we would expect spring to go out. Yeah. It's cool out there again today. But you know what tomorrow is for the first day of summer? Mostly sunny, 76. Ah, See? I, that is an incredibly beautiful day here about in the Pacific that? Northwest. First day of summer. Now, I don't want to get ahead of myself because it's still spring. It is still so spring. Gonna, I'll bring it back. Let me pull it back a little bit. Okay. But I just wanted to let folks know that if you hear the doorbell ring it when we're on the air tomorrow at 7.57, Ding dong. more than likely it's summer. Hi, it's me, summer. <laughs> Come on in. So anyway... <laughs> So make your plans now. Okay, I'm yeah. already thinking about what we can do at seven at seven fifty seven tomorrow. We will be getting ready to go right into Awaken the Saint. That is at seven fifty seven. So oh, okay, we'll be ready for it. Ooh, who's the saint tomorrow? Let's see. Who's the for the first day of summer? Saint Aloysius. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Whoa! How about that? There you go. That's a big one. Yeah. I like it. All right. All right. Well, St. Aloysius, he'll have to um, he'll have to really ring us in well tomorrow. Yes. So anyway, there you go. Uh, I did want to give you a traffic advisory oh, right okay. off the top this morning. These these are folks who travel U.S. Highway 30. So yeah, really sorry to report this right off the bat this morning though, but U.S. 30 closed following a crash near Milepost 41, which is about six miles east of Rainier, uh, that road will remain closed to allow the road to be cleared and for the crash reconstruction. So there's no estimate time for reopening. A detour is being set up now, so travelers should expect delays or find an alternate route. So if you use Highway 30 this morning... That's against what is the alternate miles. route to 30? Well, that's, I mean, yeah. that's kind of an artery if you're on that, that part of town. Yeah, that is east. They said east of Rainier. So I think you might be able to go over the bridge there into Longview if you're on the okay on the right. west side of that coming in to town. You can probably pop over. If not, then you probably have to drive all the way up I-5. 
and then cut over around. and then cut over to through Longview and over the bridge that way. I don't know it all that well, but uh, you obviously use trip check, figure it out if you're driving that way this morning. Okay, so, sounds good. Yeah, just we're going to be in the down. studio for the next two hours, so yes. uh, we're not going to have to worry about the we traffic. But uh, well, if it opens, I'll let, I'll let you know. But it doesn't sound like uh, it's going to be anytime soon because that happened like at mm, five thirty. So okay, it was not that long ago. But anyway. it's amazing to me how one little hiccup like that can just trigger traffic for a very, very long time. It happens, of course, one little thing that happens on I-5, and, you know, if it happens after 1 o'clock, you can guarantee the rest of the commute is messed up for the evening. Particularly if it happens down by Wilsonville. (laughs) That's right, people trying to get back down there. Gosh, we were driving that way not that long ago, and huge backup, and... We got to the, what happened, and there was like a car off to the side of the road. That was it. Oh. And that, that created. <laughs> that, that was the, enough. That, that was enough. On so. both sides of the freeway, too, yes. because then everybody There's on the looking. other side wants yeah. to see what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. But, Don't look. Just focus on the car in front of you and keep right. on going. Keep on going. So what do you have coming up today? Well, David, is there a future with married priests and women deacons in the church? The working document on the Synod on Synodality allows for the discussion of some pretty hot topics. All right. And I don't know if you saw this, but a uh, big search underway. Oh, I did. I, I've been praying yeah. for a day now. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll report on that as well coming up in news. All right. We got a great show ahead for you on this Tuesday morning. Here is Dave Moore and Arise. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Dave Moore and Arise. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this last day of spring. Well, it is a seminarian journey. Deacon Justin going to join us. You'll hear about that journey right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them. Send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Say yes to God and celebrate life with Mater Day Radio and the Hail Mary Media app. We're uniting with the Archdiocese of Portland and praying a new Celebrate Life Novena leading up to a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Alexander Sample on Sunday, June 25th at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. A Rosary for Life will be prayed before Mass and the Christ the King Children's Choir will sing. Inspire a culture of life with the new Celebrate Life Novena, available online at MatraDayRadio.com and on the Hail Mary Media app. Each day contains a stirring reflection to help you become what Pope St. John Paul II called a genuine witness who embodies a culture of life through obedience to God's plan and support of families. Say yes to God and join us in this special novena prayer now on the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 713 at Mater Dei Radio. So what does the last day of spring look like? Well, about a 30% chance of showers, high of 65 degrees, 20% chance tonight, partly cloudy, low of 50. Then for Wednesday, the first day of summer, Mostly sunny, high of 76. All right, looking forward to it. Mm -hmm. Currently, it's 53 degrees, a little cool at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 54 degrees at St. Andrew's Church in Portland. God's path for all of us has been laid out and he knows where we're all going. And as much as we'd like to be in control of that and know this is my direction... Well, sure enough, God's going to step in the way and say, no, I'm going to put this turn before you. That's how it is for our seminarians who are studying to be the future priests of our Catholic Church here in the United States. Joining me today is Deacon Justin Echeverria. He is going to be helping us understand exactly that path forward and how it can look different for each individual seminarian. Good morning, Deacon Justin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Morning. Good to be back. 
So before we talk about the different paths of that, mm-hmm. you know, every seminarian's journey can possibly take, there are some things that are pretty constant for each one of them and that they're going to high school just with their own families. And then there's college years and then there's the seminary years as they mm-hmm. lead into the priesthood. How long of a process is that? Just that kind of from college through seminary to priesthood. Yeah, so the the process itself varies on the guy. So it could range from, you know, around six years to maybe nine or ten. Depending. Okay. You know, for example, if a guy is coming fresh out of high school, it's going to be a bit of a longer process than it was for me who came after after going to college. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, why would that be? Uh, it would seem to be that if they were focusing their education right from the earliest start of formation to when they become priests, why is that a longer process versus somebody who's gone to college, already has a bachelor's degree in, in a discipline? Yeah. So it's it's required of all men who would like to become priests, academically speaking, that they must have both philosophy and theology in their education. And, and specifically philosophy before going to theology. If you're coming fresh out of high school, well, you need to get your college degree. So we have some seminaries have what's called a college seminary, which specifically is a seminarian who is completing his undergraduate degree and it'll be in philosophy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then in my case, it's a, it's a more unique situation where if a guy already has gone to college and it doesn't matter what he studies, it could be, I studied history, it could be literature, biology, psychology, whatever. You already have a college degree, so you wouldn't go to a college seminary. You already have your undergrad. So the seminary, depending where you go, has this program called pre-theology. And I believe that might, that might change, the, the name might change uh, over the next few years with the, with the change of seminary formation. But it was a pre-theology. It was a two-year philosophy program for guys like me. You come either fresh out of college or, in my case, college, worked a few years, and then went to seminary, where they bring you up to speed with, uh, with philosophy. And then some uh, seminaries like Mount Angel offer guys, you can either do a certificate of completion or they offer a Master of Arts in Philosophy. So you'd prefer- wow. also pursue a, a philosophy degree. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. Do you ever look back at the different degrees? I mean, all of the education that you have and you're still in the process of it. Do you look back and go, wow, I've been to a lot of classes over the last few years? <laughs> I thought I was done with school when I graduated from college in 2014. <laughs> right. I think so. But uh, for so many, though, that once you are in the seminary and your theology programs, you're actually doing what you had Mm-hmm. really hope to do. So it doesn't always necessarily feel like I'm in school, reading, studying, doing papers. You're doing a lot more than that. Yeah. Seminary is when you walk on campus of a seminary for, for the most part, they're all, they're all unique in, uh, in, in their own sort of, sort of way. You know, it has a college university feel, academically speaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do have classes, lectures, papers, projects, but you also have what you wouldn't necessarily have at uh, your average college nowadays, uh, depending, where we have a very um, structured schedule of morning prayer with the community, morning mass, then you have class for certain hours of the day, and everyone's schedule can vary. And then, of course, you have the community meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, evening prayer before dinner, and then, you know, usually the pockets of the day and the evenings are free for, for you to study or 
if we're studying a lot, you take a nap. <laughs> and then at least once a week, you're assigned a ministry assignment off campus. Okay. Uh, where you go either serve at a, it, that can really vary. It could be, it could be sacramental prep. It could be working at a food pantry, uh, helping out at a parish. Uh, it, it really could vary, but there's a lot that offers a seminary. And so the, the life is not really static. It's, it's quite dynamic. It's, a, it's not a boring life. Oh, well, we are glad for that. Joining us today, I am speaking with Deacon Justin Echeverria. We're talking about what the process is for our seminarians as they journey towards the priesthood. Mm -hmm. How many seminaries are there in the United States? I wish I could give you an exact number, but there's seminaries all over the country. Really? Yes. In, in this archdiocese, most people think of, of course, Mount Angel. That's that's exactly the seminary in our in our in our in our archdiocese. And I went there for philosophy. I'm an alum class of 2019. Um, but you have, you know, just just to name a couple. You have, you know, for example, you know, St. John's in L.A. You have Mundelein in Illinois. You have Archbishop Sample went to the Josephinum, which is in Ohio. Uh, you have Notre Dame Seminary in Louisiana. And, and there's Moreau Seminary where the Holy Cross uh, seminarians go, which is right across the lake from Notre Dame. So there's seminaries all over. Now, does a Portland guy have an option to go to any single one of these seminaries? It depends on the bishop and the diocese relationship with the seminary. So, for example, if you study to be a seminarian for this archdiocese for Portland and Oregon, there are four seminaries. Okay. Four I seminaries. think we might be familiar with them. They mm -hmm. are? So you have, of course, Mount Angel. Okay. You have Bishop White up in Spokane. Okay, and then they are connected to Gonzaga University. Mm -hmm. So okay. they live, maybe I don't remember, remember if it's across the street or it's very close, but you live at Bishop White, you receive your seminary formation there, but then you walk, you don't receive your academic training there. You, you go to Gonzaga to study there. Okay. So your degree will not be, it will not say Bishop White Seminary, it will say Gonzaga University. University, okay. Of course, and then... And if you're at Mount Angel, you'll you'll receive degrees, but it will say Mount Angel Seminary. So they're, they're, that's how they're kind of unique in, in that way. Got it. Um, and then we have St. Patrick's in Menlo Park, California, near San Francisco. A very beautiful seminary we, we send men to. And then, of course, the North American College in Rome. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, with of these colleges, maybe ones that like uh, the one at Gonzaga, of course, attached to a university where mm -hmm. you've got you know, students there getting all kinds of different degrees. Mm -hmm. Are there fraternities that seminarians are connected to while they're in college? Well, it's funny you say that because the seminary is basically a fraternity. It is in itself. And even with, within that, um, there is fraternity, just brotherhood is very much encouraged. So when you're in the seminary, at least I, I can speak at least from my, my experience at Mount Angel and at, at the North American College at the NAC, you, you get broken up into, and this is, you, you sign up with, with your friends, you know, into fraternal groups called Yezu Caritas, where you meet together maybe, maybe at least once a week, um, check up with everybody, pray for each other. And you can also do things like, hey, we have our Yezu Caritas meeting today, but do you guys want to get together, but go grab, grab dinner, you know, kind of have, just have some fun together. Yeah. Uh, so that's very much uh, encouraged. And I know at least at Mount Angel and at NAC, you have um, fraternal events, like we'll have a party for St. Patrick's Day. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll have um, at Mount Angel, we had like multicultural events to kind of celebrate the universal church, like during Our Lady of Guadalupe or the Santo Nino with the Filipino community or, or Tet with the Vietnamese. 
the Christmas parties. You know, there's a lot of fun that uh, a guy can have at a seminary because you're you're meant to be a, a brother too. You you sure. and, and it's important, I think, especially in this day and age. It's being encouraged. Uh, I know by our own local shepherd, Archbishop Sample, and by by various priests, the fraternity like get together with priest friends often, travel together, pray for each other, check in. It's 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 and that starts in the seminary. Wow, I love it. Deacon Justin joining us today as we have a discussion on seminary, a little bit more of a detailed look to know what our seminarians go through on their journey to the priest. So Deacon Justin, this has been a great conversation. There is more I want to talk to you about, especially when regards to those seminarians who are studying in Rome. I think this is very fascinating. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Sounds good. And it is 723 at Day Radio. David and Brent with you on The Morning Blend. Have some wonderful programs throughout the week. Tonight, always a special program. It is Voice of the Shepherd with our shepherd, Alexander Sample, Dina Marie, the host. Uh, always wonderful topics. In fact, last week they had uh, Monsignor O'Connor joined him, too. Who is also special guest on tonight's show again, too. Uh, wonderful. So definitely tune in. That is at 7.30. You can get a full program schedule. Let's go to our website, click on Programming. You can print the schedule off and see what's happening all day long, all evening long, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's Monterey Day Radio's program schedule on the website materdayradio.com or you can get it through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. How do I show my love? By scattering little flowers. Every little sacrifice, a smiling look, a kind word for love. St. Teresa of Lisieux, a Carmelite nun from France who lived in the 1800s, was known for her love of God. She often spoke of simply doing God's will and living in our Lord's living, loving garden. Do we follow her example of little acts of love, planting little flowers each day? Can we bring a smile when someone is rude to us at work or perhaps cuts us off in traffic? Do we have kind words for a family member after a disagreement? Would we do a small favor for an enemy? How do I show my love? By scattering little flowers, every little sacrifice, a smiling look, a kind word for love. This has been Michael Gisandi with a bit of Catholic encouragement. Mater Day Radio is supported by our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Calvary and Gethsemane Catholic Funeral Services. Operated by the Archdiocese of Portland, services include the recently completed Gethsemane Funeral Home, located on the grounds of Gethsemane Cemetery in Happy Valley. The new funeral home provides burial services to the Catholic community, regardless of cemetery choice. For more information, visit ccpdxor.com. 
As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun. Two times the fun. On Mater Dei Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 726 at Mater Dei Radio. The search continues for a small sub near the sunken Titanic. We'll have the details in the news. And is there a future with married priests and women deacons within the Catholic Church? The working document for the Synod on Synodality, allowing for the discussion of it. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Greg and Lizzie, surrounded by your love. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Your heart is a rhythm that we march to, not afraid of the valleys we let through. In your love we are besieged We go from your heart to make the world new Not ashamed of your love that always stays true In your love we are besieged Surrounded by you 
is Greg and Lizzie, surrounded by your love. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news today, in advance of a pivotal October assembly on synodality, a new Vatican document released today outlines key questions for what now promises to be a wide-ranging discussion on Pope Francis' vision of a more inclusive, decentralized, and listening church. Some of the question it frames for discussion allude to possible changes in how the church operates around the world through the embrace of an open-ended synodal process that entails ongoing dialogue and discernment. The 50-page document was written by a committee of 22 people in April and May and approved by Pope Francis. The text itself stresses that it is not a document of the church's magisterium, nor is it the report of a sociological survey, but instead presents the priorities that emerge from listening to the people of God in the global synod process thus far. Now, the Instrumentum Laboris is divided into two sections. The first summarizes insights from the Continental Assemblies and outlines what a synodal church is and how it should proceed. The second section is a series of 15 worksheets with questions for discernment. Some of the area of discussion include topics on women deacons and priestly celibacy. Hmm. Well, a massive search is underway for a missing submersible that carries people to view the wreckage of the Titanic U.S. Coast Guard told BBC News that a search began yesterday off the coast of Newfoundland. OceanGate Expeditions confirmed it owned the missing vessel and is working to bring the crew back safely. 2021, OceanGate Expeditions began what it expected to become an annual voyage to chronicle the deterioration of the iconic ocean liner that struck an iceberg and sank in 1912. Companies said at the time that in addition to archaeologists, and marine biologists. The expeditions also would include roughly 40 paid tourists who would take turns operating sonar equipment and performing other tasks in the five-person submersible. The initial group of tourists was funded the expedition by spending anywhere from $100,000 to $150,000 per, per tourist. Now, officials say the sub has between 70 and 96 hours of life support. So they're also trying to bring in another specialty crew to help search for right. the sub. But boy, right now, just, uh, you know, no luck. It's the unknown. Yeah. It's not knowing what happened, why they lost communications, mm-hmm. and whether or not they are alive on life support, you know, just waiting yeah. in the ocean. It is such a frightening situation. and. Boy, we just pray that at some point today Mm -hmm. they'll be able to have answers and a rescue team to find those survivors. Umpqua Bank has confirmed it is among other businesses and government agencies, including the Oregon DMV, that have been hit by a cyber attack against the Move It File Transfer Software. In a statement, the bank said, once we learned of the vulnerability, we took immediate action to safeguard our systems and further protect customer data. We have not identified evidence of any unauthorized access to customer data at this time. 
Now, it is not clear when Umqua Bank knew about the cyber attack. The move at breach was reported June 1st. However, the Oregon Department of Transportation said they didn't know about the attack until June 12th. The cyber attack at the DMV in Oregon breached data of about 90% of Oregonians' driver's licenses and IDs, according to ODOT. The identities of 3.5 million Oregonians were compromised by the same attack. Well, today is World Refugee Day. It's a day dedicated to raising awareness of the situation of refugees throughout the world. It's estimated by the World Economic Forum that one in every 113 people on the planet is now a refugee. According to the U.N. Refugee Agency, the most significant sources of refugees are Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan. This evening, Catholic Community Services of Lane County is helping to sponsor an event where you can learn about the incredible journey of Afghan refugees who have resettled in Lane County since 19 or since 2021. Gathering is taking place at the First United Methodist Church on Olive Street in Eugene starting at 6 p.m. The event will include a film screening panel discussion, Afghan food, music, and more. You can get more information on Catholic Community Services of Lane County's website. Later, we'll have for you a very powerful tweet from Pope Francis on oh, World Refugee wonderful. Day. David, the, I went to a talk that changed my outlook and the way that I look at the refugee yeah. you know, crisis for so many displaced. And they posed the question, why would a family with children, why women and children would embark on such a dangerous journey mm-hmm. to leave their homes? And the answer was, because the journey is safer than staying. Yeah. That's why they do it. Mm-hmm. Well, five water spouts formed off Rockaway Beach along the Oregon coast yesterday morning, according to the National Weather Service in Portland, followed hours later by a funnel cloud spotted in Salem. Now, sightings of the five water spouts and funnel cloud came one day after water spout formed in Camas and a tornado touched down in Lynn County. The NWS tweeted a photo of a funnel cloud that formed south of Salem around 3 o'clock. Now, funnel clouds can be a precursor to a tornado. A funnel cloud becomes a tornado once it touches the ground or if a debris cloud or dust whirl is visible beneath it. Now, just before 11 a.m., it was confirmed on Twitter that the spouts in the ocean appeared in the Pacific. KGW meteorologist Rod Hill said that the Pacific Northwest has been seeing an increase in these weaker tornadoes over the last several years, now averaging about one Hmm. per year. It's interesting. Wow. It just makes you wonder what has changed recently that... This is a thing. I don't think I've ever heard of a tornado. And yeah. then maybe in Ridgefield years ago, mm-hmm. um, I heard of one. And then now, yeah. kind of on a regular basis. Weak ones, not like what we see you know, yeah, in the Midwest. Right. But still, they are uh, tornadoes. So it's interesting, coming up in our next news segment, there is a hurricane brewing in the Atlantic, the first one of the season, very early. For that to happen. Really? Yeah, and they were saying that right now the Atlantic Ocean off the charts, off the charts and how warm it is. Oh. Yeah. And that's going to be a it's, contributor to these storms. Exactly. So we'll have that for you coming up. In sports, uh, last Pac-12 team standing in college baseball. Well, they're out. College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska yesterday. Stanford 
fell to Tennessee 6-4 to in an elimination game. That sends the Cardinal home. In other games yesterday, top seed Wake Forest rallied from a 2 to nothing deficit to defeat LSU 3-2. to So there are two elimination games today with TCU facing Oral Roberts and Tennessee taking on LSU. The two undefeated teams remaining in the double elimination round include Florida and Wake Forest. The Chosen prepares to take over the internationally popular action TV show Baywatch from the U.S. as the most dubbed show ever made. Now, dubbing is the process of taking a show in one language and recording voiceovers so that it can be watched in other languages without subtitles. The process can be expensive and arduous, requiring the casting and recording of separate casts of voice actors for each language. Now, for decades, Baywatch has held the the record for the most dubbing with 34 languages. They have dubbed all all of those shows of Baywatch in 34 languages. It's been broadcast in 142 of the world's 195 countries. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Baywatch. Yeah, Baywatch of all shows. David Hasselhoff. Is he he in The Chosen? I don't think he is. I don't think he's in The Chosen, though. Well, this year... The Chosen is set to blow the record away with new dubs, bringing its total number of languages to 50. Now, showrunners of The Chosen don't intend to stop there either. In an interview with Christian uh, Headland, Christian Headlines, Brad Pello, president of The Chosen, said that their goal is to dub the show into a staggering 600 languages. Pello said that much of the dubbing has been funded by donations to the Come and See Foundation, as well as a partnership with Lionsgate for distribution. Organizers of The Chosen are excited about the Lionsgate partnership because it will allow them to reach an even wider audience while maintaining complete control of the project. Filming for The Chosen's much-anticipated Season 4 began in March with an expected release date in early 2024. Hmm. So in the various languages that you speak, David, you will be able to watch The Chosen. I like that. So I have a question for you. Okay. How many languages are there in the world? Oh. Because you said they're going for 600. 600 languages, which is interesting because according to this, it says there's 195 countries. Yeah. Which means okay. that there are multiple languages uh, in, in various countries. Yeah. So six. if he's going for 600, I got to believe that's not all. Looks like we'll have to go to the Google on that we'll one. We'll have to go to the Google. Okay. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Friday through Sunday, it's St. Jude Parish annual rummage sale. It will hold their annual sale with thousands of items, including furniture, electronics, home and garden tools, decor, holiday decorations, basically anything you might want. Also on Friday and Saturday, well, St. Anthony's Parish in Portland, they plan to have the same sort of sale. Mm-hmm. You can find details on all of these. Just go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. So what's your guess on how many languages in the world? Uh, well, more than 600. <laughs> you are how about correct. I'll go with uh, uh, 1,500. Okay. According to my quick search, 
6,500. Oh, I wasn't even close. 6,500 languages. Okay. There you go. Deacon Justin going to join us again right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join me, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and other listeners of Modern Day Radio as we pray an act of charity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh my God, I love you above all things, with my whole heart and soul, because you are all good and worthy of all my love. I love my neighbor as myself, for the love of you. I forgive all who have injured me, and I ask pardon of those whom I have injured. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdayradio.com. Set on a hilltop in the midst of the Willamette Valley, life at Mount Angel Abbey is both unchanging and made ever new in the spirit of Christ. Steeped in a Benedictine tradition more than 1,500 years old, the monks of Mount Angel have prayed together five times a day for more than 130 years. We welcome you to come and join us in the ancient rhythm of monastic prayer and liturgy. Come seek the things that are above. Learn more at mountangelabbey.org. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 744 at Matra Day Radio. Last day of spring forecast. A slight chance of showers today. High of 55, 65 degrees. 20% chance overnight tonight. Low of 50. And then for tomorrow, first day of summer, mostly sunny. High of 76. Looking forward to that. Currently 52 degrees at St. Anne's Catholic Church in Gresham. And 52 degrees at St. Peter's Church in Eugene. I am continuing now my discussion of the seminary with Deacon Justin Echeverria. Deacon Justin is joining me today as we take a little bit more in-depth look of the details and the specifics about the young men who are pursuing the priesthood. Deacon Justin, thank you so much for staying with us. Good to be here. Now, you are on your way to the priesthood. You are a transitional deacon. You are doing a pastoral year at Christ the King Church mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, and having that uh, experience of pastoral life in in a, in a church with a mm -hmm. school it's very active but you are also a little in between being the, in your studies because mm -hmm. you will be heading back to rome is that correct to finish your studies yes uh, beginning this september 
Okay. So how does that happen then? If you go from a seminary in the, one of the various Mount Angel or Mundelein or Bishop White St. Patrick's, then how is it that you ended up going to Rome? Because it seems to me like maybe everybody would go, if I had a choice, North mm-hmm. American college would be uh, my choice of seminary. Mm-hmm. So how, how was that then disc- decided that, well, these priests will be, these seminarians will be studying in Rome? Yeah, it's well, it's, it's funny because people still people still ask me like, oh, are you going? Because now they'll say, oh, what what happens after pastoral year? Well, I'll go back to the seminary. They'll say, oh, are you going back to Mount Angel? I'm like, oh, no, actually, I study at the North American College in Rome. I went to Mount Angel, but I graduated from there. So there's that kind of that 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 connection with like you know college nowadays. Like I graduated, so I'm I'm an alum of Mount Angel, but I don't study there anymore. When it was time for me to graduate, there were there were four of us that were transitioning from philosophy to theology. There are conversations that we do have with our vocations director. So, and that back then it was Father Jeff Irvin. Now it's Father Peter Julia and with our Bishop about that. And, and cause they, they look at our evaluation and they look at what could help a guy or see where, you know, if, if, if the idea, if there's the option for him to go somewhere else, will it be good for him or detrimental? You know, it depends. Um, so when I was called into the, the archbishop's office, like the principal's office. <laughs> no, it was, it was a great conversation, but, um, you know, he said, he said, I'd like to send you to the North American college in Rome for theology. Um, but he was very adamant and very open about that. He said, you know, if you go over there and you feel that this is not the right fit for you, please tell us and we'll, we'll, we'll make the proper arrangements and changes. Um, you know, cause it is, Rome is a, is also a unique, you know, I mean, all the seminaries we send to are unique because, you know what, you know, one has a monastery, Mount Angel. One is connected to Gonzaga University, Bishop White. One is right, you know, in beautiful, sunny California and, and is his own self-sustaining seminary, St. Patrick's. With Rome, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a different animal because when you go, for example, you can't come back for the first two years to the U.S. with exceptions, of course. Okay. Um, if you have the death of a relative or let's say your immediate family member, like your sibling is getting married, you know, there are, there are exceptions of course, but you, you're going to a different country, learning a different language. And, uh, the North American college also, the North American college is called a college, but it's not a university that we study at. So over there, college means more like a collegial body of, of men, seminarians living together. So actually, the cool connection that Knack has with Bishop White is that just like them, though it's a little bit of a longer walk, we live and pray and receive our formation at the seminary, the North American College. But for academics, we go to one of the universities in the city. Wow. So, okay. And which university? It depends on the diocese and on the bishop. So for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, for your undergrad in theology, we have two options. The Gregorian University, which the classes are all or mostly in Italian, and it's uh, it's a Jesuit-run university, or the Angelicum, which is run by Americans, uh, Dominicans, and their their classes are primarily in English. Uh, so we can choose between them. So my degree will not say Pontifical North American College; it will say the Pontifical Gregorian University. Okay. 
Interesting. And then when you uh, spent your first two years there at North American College and then to the Gregorian. So I recognize that mm-hmm. the all of the United States are sending their seminarians to North American College. Mm-hmm. When you went to Gregorian University, where most of your classes were in Italian, mm-hmm. was that just the students coming from North American College? Are we talking about students from all around the world from different seminaries and archdioceses all around the world coming to this one university then. Yeah, it was actually like kind of like the experience of Bishop White on a larger scale. It's it's you get a feel of the universal church. So the the NAC guys who go to the Gregorian and we call it the Greg sometimes too. Okay. Um my classes are not just with Americans and it could be and it's not just NAC Americans. I've had classes with Americans who are religious from religious orders. Okay. To study there. But I have friends who are from, you know, various parts of Africa, from South America, from from Asia. And usually what we try to do is uh, we try to all speak in Italian. That's kind of the lingua franca over there. It's like the, the kind of the universal language there in okay. the classes. I mean, sometimes we speak English to each other or, or Spanish. Um, if I'm speaking to like my friend, sister Anakar, who's from Venezuela, um, she's a religious uh, sister. I'll try to speak, practice my Spanish with her. Um, but you get that feel of, and it's not just religious and clergy. There's also lay students that study there too. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Dick and Justin Echeverria joining me today as we talk about some specific details about what it's like to be in the seminary. Mm-hmm. So you are now doing your pastoral year at Christ the King. Mm-hmm. How many years now have you been in seminary altogether? Yeah, looking back on it, it's wow. It's. I mean, two, you said 2019 you graduated from Mount Angel. So I entered Mount Angel in 2017, graduated in 2019. So it's basically been five years, two years of of philosophy at Mount Angel and then three years of theology in in Rome. So three years of the Gregorian while living and receiving my formation at the North American College um, and that's also kind of a cool, unique thing too, is your degree is, is it's instead of called uh, an MDiv, a master's of divinity, it's called the STB. So a bachelor of sacred theology. It's just how the degree is over there. Okay. Um, but yeah, five years, I would, I would say six because I'm still receiving training just in a different way at the parish. Of course. Um, and because, and Rome also, another uniqueness is it's an extra year compared to everyone else. So my whole formation will probably be about eight years in total, if in I total. count the pastoral year. Deacon, once your pastoral year is up at Christ the King, you're going back to Rome. Tell us what that year, that additional year will entail. Sure. So the STB that that I was studying for at the Gregorian was over there, they call it your first cycle of study, sort of, quote unquote, your undergrad, even though it's sort of the equivalent of a master's, but, um, but that's the first cycle of study. The nice thing for Portland, because not every diocese does a pastoral year. So I, my class who I left, are most of them are now priests. And they're, they're beginning parish life like as priests. So we're very wow. blessed okay. to do it now. Um, but so for uh, at least for Portland, we get kind of a nice break in the middle. Then when I go back in September, I begin what's called the second cycle of study. So instead of another STB, I'm going to study for an STL. So a license in sacred theology. Now, the first one, STB, was general theology. This is almost like going to med- medical school. Now you're doing a specific concentration of theology. could be scripture, canon law. Uh, I- I'm going to go for uh, fundamental and dogmatic theology. 
um, church history, anthropology. So there's a lot that you can choose from. And for us, the option opens up of what university you can study at for the second cycle. So in a nutshell, I'm going to go back for two years, one year till priesthood. So September, I'll go back to begin the, this academic year as a deacon and my final year as a seminarian. I fly back here next June. So at the end of that, the 23, 24 academic year to God willing and Archbishop willing be ordained a priest in the cathedral here. Cause some people think, are you getting ordained in Rome? That was diaconate. Okay. Priest, priesthood will always be here at the cathedral. So next June, the summer I'll be placed in a summer assignment at a parish for maybe seven weeks to practice being a priest. Then I return for my final year. And the final year is where basically you move into the house called the Casa Santa Maria. So you leave the, semin- the, the North American College. You move into like the priest grad house where only priest students live there. Americans. And that final year is basically you work on your thesis. You celebrate mass. Do some traveling and then you finish the year. So for me, uh, right, so right now, Father Dustin Bussey is finishing up completely. Okay. And uh, the year before that was Father Father Randy Huang. So I'm following the same trajectory as them. So June of 2025, I am back here for the rest of my life to serve the people of Western Oregon. Oh, it's how <laughs> exciting. Deacon Justin, as soon as I hear of the ordination date for next year, well, I will be sure, along with so many others, we'll get it on our calendar and we will be so happy to celebrate with you, as you said, God willing. Deacon, it's been wonderful to talk with you today. You've really just opened up a whole lot of information. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your time today. Before we go, will you end us in prayer and your blessing? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather together to just learn more about a very unique blessing that we have in our church. The journey of a man starting to become a priest in a special place called the seminary. I ask that you bestow your blessing on all seminarians, especially those for this archdiocese. Fill them with strength, endurance, hope, and an ever-increasing love for you. And we entrust the hearts and minds of all seminarians for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon to the care and love of our Blessed Virgin Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Deacon Justin, thank you so much for your time today. Please continue to keep us in your prayers. We will continue to pray for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it is 7.56 at Mater Day Radio. And of course, you can have more on our podcast with Deacon Justin. It's on our website, materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. 
That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF, Eugene. And streaming at moderndayradio.com. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. 758 at Mater Day Radio, and the first hurricane may be brewing in the Atlantic. Hear that story plus more coming up in news right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. It should come as no surprise that World War II and the tragedies surrounding it resulted in a great number of martyrs. Today we celebrate one of them, Blessed Mariana Biernatska, a woman who lived an ordinary life, which she offered to God in an extraordinary way. Mariana was born in 1888 in northeastern Poland. Her life was not one of luxury, and her position was not one of influence. She was a humble woman living by humble means. At 20 years old, she was married, and she and her husband had six children. Tragically, four of them died soon after birth. Her two remaining children worked with her and her husband on their farm, which was their sole source of income. After the death of her husband, Mariana lived with her son, Stanislav, and his wife, Anna. Their little family was one of faith and hard work. They prayed, sang, and worked together every day to make ends meet. Despite living in poverty and having already lost so much, Mariana trusted in God and lived in hope. But even this simple life would soon come under attack when the Nazi forces invaded in 1939. They swept across Poland, enacting cruelties of all kinds. Churches and bookstores were destroyed. Innocent citizens, regardless of affiliation, were killed or imprisoned, and tyrannical Nazi rule awaited those who remained. The Nazis sought to quash any and all hope of rebellion. So when a German soldier was killed by those who resisted, they randomly sentenced 10 more innocent people to death in retaliation. It was one of these quotas that brought the Gestapo to Mariana's home in 1943. As revenge for the death of a German officer, Stanislav and Anna, who was pregnant at the time, were chosen to be killed. The two of them had never had anything to do with the resistance. Mariana fell to her knees and pleaded for the Nazis to spare Anna and her unborn child. Anna was against such a sacrifice, but Mariana insisted, You are young. You must live. The soldiers were indifferent to her plea, but they also didn't care who died, as long as the quota was met. They took Mariana and her son, leaving Anna unharmed. The two captives were taken to Grodno and imprisoned there. Mariana spent the two weeks of her imprisonment deep in prayer and ever humble. Her final request before her execution was to hold a rosary. The request was granted and she was praying on it when she and her son were shot and killed. Thanks to her mother-in-law's sacrifice, Anna survived, raised her daughter, and lived to almost 100 years old. Mariana is still remembered and celebrated alongside 107 other Polish martyrs of World War II, whom the church honors. Self-sacrifice takes many forms. It takes a great deal of love and courage to die to protect your loved ones. But just as worthwhile is the virtuous act of living a life of service for them, day by day, moment by moment. 
Mariana knew both kinds of sacrifice. Observing her life, it's apparent that we don't need a terrible tragedy to have a chance to show our devotion and temper our virtues. We can do it little by little, no matter where we are. Blessed Mariana Biernatska, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app at materdayradio.com. It's 801. In your news this hour, four German bishops voted Tuesday against providing funding for the Synod Committee that is preparing to introduce a permanent German synodal council to oversee the church in Germany. The German Bishops' Conference issued a statement June 20th saying, For a large majority of the diocesan bishops, it is important that the 15 decisions of the Synodal Assembly be implemented as soon as possible. However, the statement continued since a unanimous decision of the bishops is needed to provide financial and human resources, and four bishops have declared that they will not agree to further financing of the Synodal Way. It is now necessary to find other ways of financing. On Tuesday, the four bishops who voted against the funding of the Synodal Committee said in a joint press release that the plan to organize a Synodal Committee in Germany now, which will then establish a Synodal Council, is against the clear instruction of the Pope. Therefore, we cannot go along with this step at this time, the four bishops affirmed. Well, Tropical Storm Brett could reach the Lesser Antilles Islands in the Caribbean Sea by late Thursday as a rare June hurricane. In an average year, the first hurricane typically doesn't form until early to mid-August, according to the National Hurricane Center. Now, the storm currently carries winds of 40 miles per hour and is moving quickly to the west. It is expected to reach hurricane strength tomorrow. While it's still too early to know exactly where the greatest impacts will be felt, the Hurricane Center is urging residents of the Lesser Antilles, Puerto Rico, and the Virgin Islands to monitor forecast updates and have their hurricane plan in place. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration is forecasting a near-average season when it comes to the number of storms. It's forecasting 12 to 17 named storms, 5 to 9 hurricanes, and up to 4 major hurricanes. Now, officials are concerned about how warm the Atlantic Ocean is already. That's going to be something to watch as we head closer or move later into the summer Mm -hmm. when hurricane season, quote, officially gets started. Pope Francis met with U.S. President Joe Biden's climate envoy, John Kerry, on Monday in what was Kerry's fourth official private meeting with the Pope. The 79-year-old American politician was the first government official to have a private audience at the Vatican with Pope Francis since his release from the hospital. Kerry is in Europe this week to participate in French President Emmanuel Macron's summit for a new global financing pact and the One Planet Sovereign Wealth Fund's annual CEO summit in Paris, according to the U.S. State Department. The Vatican has released no information about what the two men discussed in line with its usual custom for papal meetings with non-heads of state. It noted the audience in its daily bulletin and released photographs of the meeting. Now, Kerry told Reuters that he found Pope Francis to be in great spirits and in great form following the Pope's nine-day stay in the hospital to recover from surgery. 
U.S. Ambassador to the Holy See Joe Donnelly joined Kerry for the Vatican meeting, which also included a meeting with Secretary of State Cardinal Pietro Perlin on June 19th. Now, Swiss voters have approved a new law to cut the use of fossil fuels and significantly reduce levels of planet heating pollution in response to the country's alarming levels of glacier melt. Now, the law, which was approved by 59 percent of voters during a referendum held on Sunday, requires that the country reach net zero, where it would remove from the atmosphere at least as much planet warming pollution as it emits by 2050. Switzerland currently imports around three-quarters of its energy with all of its oil and gas coming from abroad. Now, the new bill includes measures to lower energy consumption and support companies to use more climate-friendly technology. Switzerland has been increasingly feeling the impacts of the climate crisis. The country lost 6% of its glacier volume in one year between 20 and 20, 21 and 22, according to a recent World Meteorological Organization analysis. So that's quite a loss in just a year. In one year, for sure. Well, sales of fireworks across Clark County will begin in just over a week on June 28th. While that may be exciting news for many people, others aren't exactly thrilled by their return. Some say it's time for the county to ban the private use of fireworks. Concerns stem from the increased risk of fires like the 2017 Eagle Creek Fire in the Columbia River Gorge. The fire, which was started by a teen lighting fireworks, burned more than 50,000 acres and forced thousands of residents to be evacuated. In years past, residents have also argued the noise from fireworks often stretches for weeks, well beyond the number of days allowed by each jurisdiction. That noise can be upsetting for those with post-traumatic stress disorder, especially veterans, and for pets. 2022 study of animal control agencies across the country found more dogs and cats go missing between July Mm, 4th and July 6th than any other time of year. Now, there is already a ban on all fireworks in the city limits of Vancouver. I already see the tent set up in various locations. They are getting ready to start the sales. I believe it is... Uh, yeah, well, June June 28th is when you'll be able to start buying them, which means by that night, we're, we're going to start hearing them. They yeah, always, yeah. as soon as they get fireworks in hand, they begin yeah. shooting them off. I've just, I've never really been a firework guy. No? Yeah, not not at all. I yeah. mean, I mean, when the when our girls were little, we get like some uh, sparklers, you know, and mm-hmm. twirl those around. That's, eh, that's, about, that's about the extent it. of it. Yeah, yeah. we've lit a few, yeah. uh, few rockets uh, in our day. Have you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, In sports, it's going to be a trip to the islands for the Pilots. University of Portland men's basketball team has signed on to play in the 2023 Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic, December 21st through the 24th. Tournament being held at the Stan Sheriff Center in Honolulu. Pilots are replacing St. Mary's in the eight-team field that also includes host Hawaii, Georgia Tech, Nevada, Old Dominion, Temple, TCU, and UMass. This will be the second appearance in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic for Portland, who last competed in the 2019 event. Tickets for the 2023 Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic are expected to go on sale in October. I'll take two. Okay, yeah. I want to... Hawaii in December sounds like a pretty nice vacation to me. Pretty fun. They got through college together 
And when Grace Mariani took the stage to receive her diploma at Seton Hall University this week, her service dog, Justin, right beside her. Her fellow graduates cheered as school president Joseph Nyer handed Mariani her diploma. She earned a B.S. in education, graduating magna cum laude. Then the president held out a diploma just for Justin and the crowd inside the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey erupted. Uh, The scene was captured on video by the school. Now, Justin, he paused a moment before accepting the white cylinder, glancing over to Mariani. Then he mastered the moment, grasping the tube in his mouth, wagging his tail while Mariani grinned. The pair left the stage together to a chorus of cheers and maybe a couple of barks. As it shared footage of the ceremony, Seton Hall noted that the six-year-old dog, who's a mix of a yellow lab and golden retriever, had attended all of Mariana's classes with her. According to the university, Mariani plans to use her degree to work in elementary education and special education. He just took it all in stride. He's like, yeah, bachelor's degree from Seton Hall, Mm -hmm. no problem. Who's a good boy? He's a 100% good dog. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Saturday at 9 a.m. begins the 2023 Northwest Pro-Life Conference in Tacoma, offering speakers, workshops, and exhibits. This conference organizers say they want all pro-life people of all denominations, religions, political views, and areas of the movement to be involved. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, or the Hail Mary media app. What do we have coming up next interview? We're going to have a common sense discussion on social justice with Michael Davis. All right, after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Eric Anderson, pastor of St. Stephen's Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon. Please join me in praying a morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, in union with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer thee the precious blood of Jesus from all the altars throughout the world, joining with it the offering of my every thought, word, and action of this day. O Jesus, I desire today to gain every indulgence and merit that I can and offer them together with myself to Mary Immaculate, that she may best apply them in the interests of the most sacred heart. Precious blood of Jesus, save us. Sacred heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, or to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit us online at materdeiradio.com. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Catholic Charities of Oregon, answering Pope Francis' call to charity. Since 1933, Catholic Charities has been putting faith into action by serving the poorest and most vulnerable in our community. 
Services promote life and help families thrive. Catholic Charities Program Information at CatholicCharitiesOregon.org. Say yes to God and celebrate life with Mater Day Radio and the Hail Mary Media app. We're uniting with the Archdiocese of Portland and praying a new Celebrate Life Novena leading up to a Celebrate Life Mass with Archbishop Alexander Sample on Sunday, June 25th at St. Mary's Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception. A Rosary for Life will be prayed before Mass and the Christ the King Children's Choir will sing. Inspire a culture of life with the new Celebrate Life Novena, available online at materdayradio.com and on the Hail Mary Media app. Each day contains a stirring reflection to help you become what Pope St. John Paul II called a genuine witness who embodies a culture of life through obedience to God's plan and support of families. Say yes to God and join us in this special novena prayer now on the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 814 at Mater Dei Radio, last day of spring, 30% chance of showers, high of 65, 20% chance of showers overnight tonight, low of 50, and then mostly sunny for the first day of summer, 76 degrees, your high. You said 757 tomorrow. 757 a.m. Tomorrow, summer rushes in. Oh, we're going to have to plan something special that tomorrow. summer breeze. Currently, it is 53 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. And 52 degrees at at Queen of Peace Church in Salem. And it's time once again to have a common sense discussion on social justice. Michael Davis is the host of a standalone podcast and every week you can catch an incredible episode of World Problems and how we can solve them right in our own neighborhood. Good morning, Michael. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. Well, this is a big topic here. And you talk about, you know, the impact of a government on a people. And, well, you go back to the Holocaust and you pull out a character from this time, a man of a different Christian faith. But boy, we have a lot to learn from him. So tell our listeners who Dietrich Bonhoeffer is. Yeah, so Dietrich Bonhoeffer was uh, a man who grew up in the elite society. So his dad was the top German psychiatrist. So he had... Albert Einstein and others who would come to dinner with the family really? as he was a child. But like John the Baptist, who grew up in high society because his dad was the high priest, he rejects it and embraces uh, a life of justice. And so as Hitler comes to power, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a Lutheran pastor and a professor this time. And he said, you know, I cannot bow the knee to Caesar. Wow. What is incredible about his life story, too, is he was well-educated and became involved in the um, in social justice issues while he was being educated right here in the United States. Kind of remind our listeners about these years and how he became involved. Yeah, so he does come to the United States. Uh, I believe a lot of his time was in New York City, but uh, he came here you know, to learn more and met with pastors in Harlem, New York, and different places, but he, he became conscience stricken and thought, you know, I cannot um, uh, uh, be here in the United States in comfort and ease while people are dying and suffering in Germany. So actually Bonhoeffer was one of the people that tipped off the president of the United States to what was going on in Germany. Cause at that time, the United States wasn't clued in. And so, um, 
uh, Bonhoeffer goes back to Germany and he says, for the purpose of dying. Wow. So in his mind, and, and if you read about his life, he is finally arrested for his beliefs, but specifically for a plot to kill Adolf Hitler. So how did he square in his mind his pacifism with the larger good and the possible assassination of, of true evil mm. in the world? Yeah, it's the same thing that Pope Pius XII went through. So, so Pope Pius XII is the Pope at this time. He's going through the exact same struggle. So the gist of this podcast is how do you... Uh, understand what justice looks like when all the bl lines are blurred. Because when you have something as dark and vile as Hitler on the scene as not just Hitler, but the Nazis, you got the black twins, uh, Himmler and those guys. I mean, how, what does right and wrong look like? Does murder become a viable option? You know, so the Pope actually said in his memoirs that some of the decisions he made appeared to kill people, but he said, actually, it was saving multitudes mm. by doing this act and so you know don't judge me what i just did because i'm actually safe so that's where bonhoeffer's coming and he's like even though he's a pacifist he's like do we murder hitler in order to save millions and it's not like the end justifies the means it's just like the lines are so blurred i can't figure out what's right and wrong at the moment Michael Davis is joining me this morning. We're having a common sense discussion on social justice. That is the title of Michael's podcast. And you can find that standalone podcast at matzerdayradio.com. Well, Michael, then do we have direction? Does our church offer us a path forward or an understanding like just war? Yeah, uh, that's I was just going to bring up just war. I think the church is main explanation what to do in times like that like Bonhoeffer was facing is the just war you know there's uh, several criteria I don't want to name them right now but several criteria church lists that have to be met in order for a war to be just in order for violence to be just and and one of the main things is every possibility has been exhausted mm. this is just the absolute only possibility Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a prolific writer, and we have his work still available. Now, he is well known for his book, The Cost of Discipleship. So in his mind, was his life the cost? Is that what he writes about in his book? Yeah, and the cost of discipleship, and in a time when the, especially the Lutheran church was just living in comfort and ease, and they did bow the knee to Hitler in order to remain in that comfort and ease, he states, you know, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. So for, and, and it's not just in theology, but Bonhoeffer also talks at length about justice, social justice. And he, he talks about how the call to justice is a call for me to give up my own life for those who are suffering the injustice. So as I said in the podcast this week, feeding the hungry is not about me giving bread and peanut butter to the hungry, but about sacrificing my own meal for someone else to have. Well, Michael, we pray that we don't enter into another world where a force like Hitler can have the control. In your podcast, of course, you take these big ideas, like what you talk about with uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and then we need to apply it to our own lives. You just mentioned something about feeding the hungry isn't just about giving them food, but giving of your own. So how do we act in a way? How do we let our faith lead us 
to be able to be the right kind of disciple. But on one hand, I I said, yes, I, I believe and I know what is good, right, and true. On the other hand, I'm a mother who wants to protect, well, I can't provide for my own family. Mm-hmm. I guess there's more of that blurred line. Yeah, it is. In fact, Jesus himself blurs the lines really good for us because he comes to those statements of whoever does not hate their spouse and hate their children, hate their mother and father for my sake, you know, mm. is not worthy to be my disciple or whoever doesn't sell everything they have and gives the money to the poor. So Jesus blurs the lines really good for us. So um, Bonhoeffer came to realize because he was engaged to be married when he was taken to Strange Camp, he knew I was sacrificing this marriage that I really want. Mm. but I'm sacrificing it for the sake of Christ and for the sake of the Jews. And so, boy, you know, these, this is podcast in particular, doesn't so much give us the answers as it raises more questions just like this, because Mm -hmm. like, there's this call to die, this call to give up everything. And also a call to understand that this life is temporary. So these children are temporary. These spouses, these friends of ours are temporary, but what is eternal is justice because God is justice in his very nature. So it's like, well, it raises questions. And a lot of people have judged Bonhoeffer for some of his actions, but how do you judge somebody in that situation? Because there's no clear cut way. Oh, no doubt. And uh, boy, again, to be able to enter into this discussion, Michael, it's a difficult topic. But it's one that we cannot shy away with. You do not shy away at all in this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And again, that is Michael Davis. So his podcast is Common Sense on Social Justice. I will be sure to add a link to where you can get right to Michael's podcast. You'll be able to listen to this week's episode on the Hail Mary Media app. Of course, you'll access it too at materdayradio.com. It is 8.23 here at Mater Day Radio. The community calendar, I talk about it during every news segment. Some great things happening in our area. If you want to find something to plan your weekend, well... Go over to our community calendar, materdayradio.com. You'll have all of the details there. You're also going to access the calendar on the Hail Mary Media app. Please, if your ministry or your parish has a special event coming up, you want to invite the community to it, please let Mater Day Radio know. Deborah works real quickly to get those things on. Please give us, if you really want to make sure, give us a little time. We'll get it on the air. And then well, we'll be able to talk about it on the morning blend. It's our community calendar information at materdayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hi, this is Tim Staples, Senior Apologist with Catholic Answers and an adult convert to the Catholic faith. Inviting Mater Day Radio listeners to join me for the 50th Annual Summer Institute in Catholic Teaching at Our Lady of Peace Retreat Center. As one of this year's speakers, I'm going to discuss some of the whys behind our Catholic faith, such as why be Catholic? How is man saved? 
I'll talk about Luther's most important question and what's all the fuss about Mary and more. I'll be there, and I hope you will too. Join Tim Staples, the Dominican Sisters of Mary, Mother of the Eucharist, Father Theodore Lang, and Bishop Peter Smith during this life-changing spiritual and educational retreat, July 10th through the 14th at Our Lady of Peace Retreat in Beaverton. For all the details and how to register, visit olpretreat.org. That's olpretreat.org. Support from Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Dei Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Dei Radio. It's quick and easy, and a likely tax deduction for you. And you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materdayradio.com. Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the morning blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Mater Day Radio. It is 827 at Mater Day Radio. Search continues for a small submarine. We'll have the details in the news. Is there a future with married priests and women deacons in the church? A working document for the Synod on Synodality allows for the, dec- the discussion some hot topics. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Jordan St. Cyr and Weary Traveler. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. Weary Traveler, beat down from the storms that you have weathered. Feels like this road just might go on forever. Carry on. You keep on giving But every day this world just keeps on taking Your tired heart is on the edge of breaking
Someday soon we're gonna make it home. 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 Gonna make it home. We And that is Jordan St. Cyr, Weary Traveler. 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In advance of a pivotal October assembly on synodality, a new Vatican document released Tuesday outlines key questions for what now promises to be a wide-ranging discussion on Pope Francis' vision of a more inclusive, decentralized, and listening church. Some of the question it frames for discussion allude to possible major changes in how the church operates around the world through the embrace of an open-ended synodal process that entails ongoing dialogue and discernment. The 50-page document was written by a committee of 22 people in April and May and approved by Pope Francis. The text itself stresses that it is not a document of the church's magisterium, nor is it the report of a sociological survey, but instead presents the priorities that emerged from the listening to the people of God in the global synod process thus far. Now, the Instrumentum Laboris is divided into two sections. The first summarizes insights from the Continental Assemblies and outlines what a synodal church is and how it should proceed. The second section is a series of 15 worksheets with questions for discernment. Some of the areas of discussion include topics on women deacons and priestly celibacy. Well, a massive search is underway for a missing submersible that carries people to view the wreckage of the Titanic. U.S. Coast Guard told BBC News that a search began yesterday off the coast of Newfoundland. OceanGate Expeditions confirmed it owned the missing vessel and is working to bring the crew back safely. 2021, OceanGate Expeditions began what it expected to become an annual voyage to chronicle the deterioration of the iconic ocean liner that struck an iceberg and sank in 1912. Companies said at the time that in addition to archaeologists and marine biologists, the expeditions also would include roughly 40 paid tourists who would take turns operating sonar equipment and performing other tasks in the five-person submersible. The initial group of tourists was funded the expedition by spending anywhere from $100,000 to $150,000 per, per tourist. Now, officials say the sub has between 70 
and 96 hours of life support. I just kind of keep checking the news feeds Mm -hmm. to see if there's any update on the search, and so far really no word as of yet. They were trying to bring in a specialty crew to help out, and I think that was taking them a while to gear up to do that, but obviously time running short there. Yeah, for sure. You think about it, it's one thing to to gather the equipment together. They're out in the middle of the yeah. ocean too and the amount of time it takes to get that kind of equipment out yeah. there. I mean, time is such of the essence right now and just continue to pray. Well, Umqua Bank has confirmed it is among other businesses and government agencies that included the Oregon DMV that have been hit by a cyber attack against the Move It file transfer software. In a statement, the bank said, once we learned of the vulnerability, we took immediate action to safeguard our systems and further protect customer data. We have not identified evidence of any unauthorized access to customer data at this time. It is not clear when Umqua Bank knew about the cyber attack. The Move It breach was reported June 1st. However, the Oregon Department of Transportation said they didn't know about the attack until June 12th. The cyber attack at the Oregon DMV breached the data of 90% of Oregonians' driver's license and IDs. The identity of 3.5 million Oregonians were compromised by the attack. Well, today is World Refugee Day. It's a day dedicated to raising awareness of the situation of refugees throughout the world. It's estimated by the World Economic Forum that one in every 113 people on the planet is now a refugee. According to the UN Refugee Agency, the most significant sources of refugees are Syria, Afghanistan, and Sudan. And that brings about Pope Francis' tweet of the day. Communication in the church has come a long way. First, monks had to transcribe the Bible by hand. Then came the Gutenberg Press. And now, there's Twitter. It's the Pope's Tweet of the Day. And here is Pope Francis' Tweet of the Day. Thinking of Christ present in so many desperate people fleeing conflicts and climate change, the problem of hospitality needs to be confronted together without excuses and without delay because the effects will be felt sooner or later by all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wow. coming up in our interview segment, we're going to talk with Catholic Community Services of Lane County. They have a refugee event tonight. We'll tell you about it. You'll hear about it in our upcoming interview. Five water spouts. That's five. The number after four. Yes, five, five water spouts formed off Rockaway Beach along the Oregon coast Monday morning, according to the National Weather Service in Portland, followed hours later by a funnel cloud spotted in Salem. The sightings of the five water spouts and funnel cloud comes one day after a water spout formed in Camas, Washington. The tornado touched down in Lynn County in Oregon. Now, the National Weather Service tweeted a photo of a funnel cloud that formed south of Salem around 3 o'clock p.m. Funnel clouds can be a precursor to tornadoes. A funnel cloud becomes a tornado once it touches the ground or if a debris cloud or dust whirl is visible beneath it. 
Just before 11 a.m., National Weather Service confirmed on Twitter that the spouts appeared above the Pacific Ocean. KGW meteorologist Rod Hill said that the Pacific Northwest has been seeing an increase in these weaker tornadoes over the last several years, now averaging about one per year in our region. Yeah. They posted those pictures on Twitter. I saw them linked to the article. Incredible. There were several of them in a single picture. Yeah, it's amazing. They were all together. What It was wild weather at the coast. Yeah, we had some heavy showers again come over yesterday yep. with some hail, dark clouds, and uh, today's supposed to start clearing off a little bit, so hopefully a little kinder and gentler for sure. Uh, in sports, last Pac-12 team standing in college baseball is out at the College World Series in Omaha, Nebraska yesterday, Stanford fell to Tennessee 6-4 to in an elimination game. That sends the Cardinal home. In other games yesterday, top seed Wake Forest rallied from a 2 to nothing deficit to defeat LSU 3-2. to There are two elimination games today with TCU facing Oral Roberts and Tennessee taking on LSU. The two undefeated teams remaining in the double elimination round include Florida and Wake Forest. The Chosen, wonderful popular show. Well, they're preparing to overtake the internationally popular action TV show, Baywatch. Of all shows. Of all the possible shows. They are taking them over, but for a unique reason. Because they will be the most dubbed show ever made. Now, the dubbing is the process of taking a show in one language and recording voiceovers so that it can be watched in other languages without subtitles. The process can be expensive and arduous, requiring the casting and recording of separate casts of voice actors for each language. For decades, Baywatch has held the record for the most dubbing with 34 languages. David Hasselhoff speaking 34 (laughs) different languages. And they've been broadcasting that show in 142 different countries. Mm. This year, The Chosen is set to blow the current record away with new dubs, bringing its total number of languages to 50. Showrunners of The Chosen don't intend to stop there either. In an interview with Christian Headlines, Brad Pello, president of The Chosen, said that their goal is to dub the show into a staggering 600 languages. That's amazing. That's a lot of languages. Pello said that much of the dubbing has been funded by donations to the Come and See Foundation, as well as a new partnership with Lionsgate for distribution. Organizers of The Chosen are very excited about the Lionsgate partnership because it will allow them to reach an even wider audience while maintaining complete control of the project. Filming for The Chosen's much-anticipated Season 4 began in March of 2023 with an expected release date in early 2024. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Sunday at 10 a.m. is a presentation on annulments. It's happening at Santa Hall at Holy Rosary Parish here in Portland. Tom Sundaram, a canon lawyer for the Archdiocese of Portland, will give a presentation on annulments 
with a period of question and answers to follow. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Now we're going to tell you about a World Refugee Day event coming up this evening in Eugene right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. Brianne Zolfo of Crown Point, Indiana, owns a small coffee shop called Cafe Fresco, and she uses it to help her community practice good deeds. As reported on the Today Show, it all started several years ago. When the shop wasn't busy, Brianne would write inspirational quotes on the cups she would give to her customers. That proved popular, so she began writing suggestions for good deeds on the insides of sleeves of coffee. She encouraged customers to donate to homeless shelters or charities and take a photo of themselves doing it. In exchange, she would give them a free cup of coffee. Brianne said, We planted a small seed in Crown Point, and now people are spreading our mission to other cities and states. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, Hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. It is 8.43 here at Mater Day Radio. It's a cloudy start to your Tuesday. That's going to make for a mild afternoon. About a 30% chance of showers today. Temperature is going to stay in the middle 60s. Possibility of a little sun poking through in between the clouds. That should be pretty nice this afternoon. Overnight, we cool down to the low 50s. Then Wednesday, the first day of summer. A full sunshine day to welcome the summer season. Highs right around 75 degrees. Looks like we're into the 80s through the end of the week. So so nice welcome to the summer. Take that for sure. 55 degrees at Holy Family Church in Portland. And it is also 55 degrees at Catholic Community Services of Clark County in Vancouver. All right. Well, as we mentioned in our newscast just a few moments ago, today is World Refugee Day. It is a day dedicated to to raising awareness of the situation of refugees throughout the world. This evening, down in Eugene, there is an event to coincide with World Refugee Day. And joining us this morning 
is Dylan Nichols. He is the Communications Coordinator for Catholic Community Services of Lane County. Dylan, nice to have you with us today. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me on. So I'm thinking, I think this is the first time we've had you on. Have you been with Catholic Community Services long? Not long at all. I am still, I am actually officially a month in as of today, so I have just hit the ground running. Hey, well, way to go. Well, it's great to talk with you. Always enjoy bringing on folks from Catholic Community Services of Lane County. And this sounds like just a, a really excellent event tonight to coincide with World Refugee Day. It is about Afghan refugees who have settled in Lane County. Tell us a little bit about the event. Yeah, well, that's the spotlight for sure. Uh, Since 2021, when the Taliban takeover of Kabul happened, we've helped resettle over 30 Afghans in the Eugene area. And not a lot of people know about that, but these, these folks live in our community, and they're such valuable additions to our community. And we haven't had a World Refugee Day event since COVID, so we really wanted to take this opportunity to spotlight them and give them a chance to share their culture and share their experiences. So that's what the night's all about. Uh, there will be a documentary film screening uh, of a documentary film that was actually made by one of the refugees. Who's, his name is Nasrat. He's a fantastic addition to the community and has been a great partner in setting this event up. Uh, and in addition to that, we're going to have a panel discussion afterwards that's going to be led by uh, the director of our Refugee and Immigrant Services Program here at Catholic Community Services. Nasrat will be on that panel along with a couple other Afghans. Uh, and there will be international food, music, dancing. It's going to be fantastic. And <laughs> I got to tell you, we're a little nervous at this point because we expected, you know, we hoped that maybe 150, 200 people would come. That seemed to be about the capacity that we could comfortably fit at First United Methodist Church, where it's taking place. And as of today, I'm looking at the RSVP list, and we've got 243 RSVPs, wow. so it is going to be a full house. That is fantastic. I should ask you, is there room for more, since we're talking about it this morning and the event is this evening? Can people still sign up? You know, we're not closing registration, and uh, our attitude right now is the more the merrier. I think people will be kind of filtering in and out, and, you know, as long as you understand that it's going to be standing room only and the, the we might run out of food pretty early with these numbers, uh, we would just love to have as many people as possible to come and hear these stories and meet these people who are in our community. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. And again, let folks know that is this evening, 6 o'clock tonight at the First United Methodist Church That is at 1376 Olive Street in Eugene, 1376 Olive Street in Eugene, beginning at 6 tonight. Do folks need to sign up, Dylan, or can they just show up? Uh, Well, we prefer uh, a sign-up if possible, so that's ccslc.org slash refugee is where you can do that. It just helps us to kind of get an idea of the numbers here. Uh, but, you know, walk-ins are welcome as well. But like, like I said, it's just going to be really crowded, so everyone needs to keep that in mind. Yeah. Talk about Catholic Community Services of Lane Counties. You have an Immigration Legal Services Department there, and I don't know if this is new to your organization or if this has been something that's been going on for a while, but talk a little bit about the program. Yeah, well, so our large program is called the Refugee and Immigrant Services Program, and we call it RISP for short. And it really started in 2016, and what happened in Eugene was, uh, you know, during 2016, a lot of folks were watching with great concern as the Syrian refugee crisis was underway. And so some volunteers in Eugene area decided to band together and form what they called the Refugee Resettlement Coalition of Lane County. 
And it was a pure volunteer effort. They weren't a nonprofit that had funding or donors or anything like that. They just had volunteers who were willing to house refugees who came to the area, who were willing to help them find jobs, who were willing to help sign them up for English as a second language courses, all the different things, drive them to appointments, these little things that we take for granted in our day-to-day, but that are so difficult for somebody who is new to the area and who doesn't speak the language and who has been through a really traumatic experience at the same time trying to get here and leaving their home under such dire circumstances. So they began that effort in 2016, and Catholic Community Services decided that they wanted to lend the resources and uh, power of a nonprofit to that effort. And that's when we formed our Refugee and Immigrant Services Program, where we're able to kind of apply for grants and bring some funding to this effort and organize it with employees who work full-time schedules and can help coordinate these volunteer efforts as well as provide wraparound services for our refugee and immigrant uh, neighbors and uh, colleagues now. And so the Immigration Legal Service is just part of the program? It is, yes. We have Immigration Legal Services, Asylum Services, and Refugee Resettlement, and those are sort of the three pillars of the programs. And our Immigration Legal Services, we collaborate with Catholic Charities of Oregon, uh, and we just help folks who can't afford legal services navigate citizenship applications, legal status document renewals, petitions for family members, and more uh, at a low cost so that they can afford it. Excellent. So, again, you can learn more on the Catholic Community Services of Lane County website. They have all the information there. And again, you can learn about tonight's event, Refugees Are Not a World Away, the title of tonight's event. Again, it is at 6 o'clock at the First United Methodist Church on Olive Street in Eugene. Hey, Dylan, great to talk with you this morning. Really appreciate you coming on this morning, giving us an idea about the event. And again, sounds like a wonderful program. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, David. I appreciate you giving this a platform. You bet. We'll talk to you soon, so have a great day, and good luck with the event tonight. Thanks so much. It is 8.51 here at Matra Day Radio. What an incredible opportunity. This came together kind of quickly, but Dylan, thank you yeah. so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Anytime he wants to come on, we can talk about all of the great work that they are doing. Absolutely. Such an important topic for right now. Now, that information for that special event, too, that is on our community calendar. So I will add a link to the podcast of the interview that you just heard with Dylan, that interview into a podcast. It's going to be on our webpage and the Hail Mary media app. I will also include information where you can find out about this evening's event. So go to our podcast. You're going to find it, materdayradio.com, and, of course, the Hail Mary media app. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Hello, this is Father Peter Julia, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Join me in praying the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. 
Inspired with this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, please download the free Hail Mary Media app or visit us online at materdayradio.com. We are leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie, located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood. The Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at cyocamphoward.org. That's cyocamphoward.org. I am Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Well, Brenda, it is with a heavy heart that I bring you the last forecast of spring. Okay. <laughs> at least on uh, the Morning Blend, it, it is the last forecast It's going to be exciting, I think. Yes, because tomorrow is summer. <laughs> so your last forecast from uh, the Morning Blend for the spring forecast, a chance of showers today, 30%. High of 65 degrees, 25% chance or 20% of chance of showers tonight, low of 50 then for Wednesday, your very first day of summer, mostly sunny, high of 76, Thursday sunny 85, Friday sunny 81. Now that's summertime. That is summertime for sure. Bring it. I'm that's ready right. for summer. Uh, it's currently 55 degrees in the Rose City. And closing out our show today, here is Scott Mulvihill and Joy. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. I just want to bring a little joy. Make a happy noise I can't hold the weight of the world But I can carry a tune To rejoice in the rain Smile in the face of pain Oh, life's no easy game But I choose To bring a little joy The system's hardly working Ever some it's getting worse They tell you what you don't deserve With lines that they've rehearsed Brothers, we are patient And in the rocky ground we work My hammer is a chorus 
It's got Mova Hill and Joy. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. That is going to wrap it up for the morning blend. David and Brenda with you on this very, very last day of spring. Tomorrow at 7.57 a.m., we will be on the air when summer arrives. All right. I'll be waiting for that uh, doorbell knock. <laughs> That's right. A ring. <laughs> isn't that isn't that exciting? Can't what are you going to do for the last day of spring? I don't know. Yeah. I have to figure that out. We'll let the day unfold. Okay. You know, one thing you can do, though, listen to Voice of the Shepherd coming on this evening at 7.30. Archbishop Sample and Dina Marie welcoming Monsignor O'Connor again as a guest uh, for the show. We hope you have a blessed day.